Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 134. Uh, I had a chat with Diane Swan. She's an Auckland-based musician, and she's someone I'd only actually met one other time, but have been meaning to get on the podcast for quite some time. In fact, it was about a year ago that we first scheduled to have a chat, and then um, things fell apart at the last minute. My fault, not hers. And so it's taken all this time for us to, to meet up again, and I'm really glad that we did and had this conversation uh, I first remember her in, in my life of listening to music from When the Cat's Away. Of course, she had a career before that. She'd been involved in music before that. That was a super group uh, of, of performers. They all had been working in music leading up to that. And, um, and I, you know, I've already talked to Debbie Harwood from When the Cat's Away. And I've talked to, there's a podcast episode I've done with Sharon O'Neill, who's been involved with the band in her subsequent reunions. Uh, Diane's not been involved with the band in their reunions. She's gone on to, to many other things. Um, first step was to go to the UK and be part of a band called the Julie Dolphin. Um, they opened for Radiohead. They toured with Radiohead. They opened for Oasis. Um, she's got some incredible stories. She worked with Radiohead, actually recorded with them. Uh, and uh, then they, they, they changed their name, they sort of relaunched as Boom Boom Mancini. Uh, and then she moved back to New Zealand and I guess over the last decade and a bit, the main gig for her, she's done all sorts of things. She's been involved in, in all sorts of bands as a backing vocalist, uh, as, as a musician, a harmony vocalist. Uh, uh, she's helped um, do some music, um, some publicity work for gigs, organised tours, all of that stuff. But her main vehicle has been as one half of the bads with her partner in music and all things, Brett Adams. He's, you know, he started off in the Mockers and is still in the Mockers when they're doing their reunion shows. But uh, Diane and Brett have formed this band, The Bads, which is very flexible. They can be a duo, they can be a trio, they can be a quartet, a quintet, and they have released four albums to date of of very good music. Uh, I guess you could call them somewhere in the alt country genre if you wanted to put a label on it. I think they make really great pop tunes actually. And uh, and it was a great pleasure to talk through her life and career as someone who has, uh, I guess, experienced some highs and lows of the music industry and just... Um, to me, the understanding I have of Diane is it's just chin up and do the work, which uh, is what I always admire in people. So I, I love this conversation. I love finally getting it on record because it was something that, um, that as I say, I planned to do a year ago. And uh, I hope you enjoy it too. This is me talking with Diane Swan. I think I'm right. We've only actually met one other time. I think really briefly, briefly before yeah. you played Wellington. in Wellington yeah. about, about a year ago. In the um, PA, yeah. Yeah, the PA, yes. <laughs> it was not so good. It was a good show, all things considered. <laughs> we but I, tell. I bet that was a nightmare that I just felt so sorry for you guys. Just disappointing because you feel yeah. like you want to do your best and you know that you're, you know, it's where we weren't hearing. It wouldn't have been the first time you've come up against no. difficulties, but yeah. uh, how frustrating... Does it take you back to like, you know, I should be past this kind of thing? I thought yeah, I thought we'd done all this. I thought you don't think you're the the most important <laughs> musician in the world, but you do think, gosh, X amount of years, yeah, uh, doing this. Um, I think we're a bit beyond. Just disappointing know. as much as anything, because you're looking forward to doing this kind of a cool venue and mm. it's sort of a Sunday afternoon and mm. you're thinking it's going to sound great, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and everything's lined up, yeah. and then you start and realise it's not. <laughs> but as I say, all things considered, you know, I think the, the people enjoyed it, yeah, and you guys true. sounded about as good as you could. But I just, I remember, and you know, not everyone in the audience is as aware of what's going on. But I remember sitting there watching it, going, "Are oh, you?" 
hardcore guys, like the whole band, you could actually watch. Because I've played enough music to be in situations, you know, I've played in shitty pub bands and on the back of trucks at yeah. awful, you know, beer festivals yeah. and things where you took like you turn up and you play and yeah, PA's crap yeah. out and stuff. But yeah. that I play at that level where that's expected. You don't expect it at what you were doing. But it gave me, an, you know, I guess a, yeah. an understanding of what you were going through. I've played those gigs where you're like, I can't hear a thing. I have no idea if this is. <laughs> so we met then, but I have, uh, we've corresponded a bit and uh, I've obviously been aware of your um, work for a long, long time. You know I'm a fan of the bads. Um, I want to start at the start, though. I want to get a sense of, uh, I know a wee bit about your background, but I want to know where you grew up and and how you came to music? Um, yeah, well, I grew up in Northland and mm. was at that stage a little town, which is now, it's Carmo, which is actually joined up and right. joined up to Whangarei right. as part, you know, part of a suburb. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for some weird reason, I was just into music straight away. Um, you know, the typical scenario where you've got a lot of brothers, a lot of sisters and a brother mm. and they all have their own music and oh they're all older or yeah, yeah. Well, one younger yeah um every christmas my mum would give us all records for christmas mm. um so what that, sort of thing ah well i remember getting when i was really really young i think she just thought what's popular at the moment so mm. she gave us 45s yeah yeah and we used to go out to stay out at the beach for six weeks mm. and we used to have one of those portable yeah. record players. Yeah. So Christmas was pretty cool because there's all of a sudden all this new music that yeah. we used to play incessantly. But I remember getting given Jumping Jack Flash by the Stones. Mm. I thought it was the scariest wow, thing yeah, yeah. I'd ever heard. Yeah. Just that riff. Yeah. I found it really compelling but really frightening. Right, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was the youngest and I probably mm. you know, yeah. probably shouldn't have got that one, but it was awesome and just the way that it frightened me and I was just I couldn't stop listening to that. Like riff. watching a first horror film or something, you know, like yeah. you you're frightened by it but excited by it. Like <laughs> Absolutely. Just, you, you know this is something you've you've moved up a level. You've you've gone something yeah. you've been taken somewhere. It was absolutely Mm. mesmerizing and that mm. was kind of really interesting to me and you're and you're painting a picture of like quite an idyllic kiwi summer yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the beach yeah big quite a big family yep uh, lots of sunshine chaos ha- happiness happily getting lost nobody mm. even knows where you are you mm. know you, you walk around and it's probably in some ways quite dodgy because anything <laughs> yeah. could have happened yeah and, you yeah. know but you know there were cousins and Mm. It was just, um, I love that fact that we were kind of that free yeah. Um, yeah. when we were kids. And, um, and so what else are you interested in? What's, what's go, what goes on in your childhood? What, what do you find yourself, you know, doing and liking? Um, well, pretty much, I, yeah, I was really a music obsessive really, really, really mm. young. I used to, me and my friends used to put on little musicals we used to dress up in weird clothes and yeah. kind of make up songs and stuff. And also when I was 10, I was in this vocal group, a cappella vocal group. Mm. And we won the talent quest at the Whangarei Town Hall playing, doing an a cappella version of Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Wow. Which was fairly advanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, we won. We won a yeah. king-sized block of Cadbury's chocolate. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And, and are you playing, when do you, when do you sort of get towards playing instruments? Um, well, I took piano lessons just like most kids yeah. and hated it as much as most kids, only in the fact that I wasn't really playing stuff that I could relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the classical pieces that you got to study for the exams. Mm. I actually liked those pieces, whereas a lot of kids didn't like that. I actually liked those because there was a mood to them. But I didn't like the kind of music I was given to learn in between mm. times. Um, I think for a while I was a tennis fanatic as well. That kind of took over for yeah. a little while. Yeah. I loved playing tennis. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Um, so I kind of either wanted to be a tennis player or a musician, both very, very attainable and <laughs> sensible things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Um, yeah, so, uh, and then when I was pretty young, I, um, there was one acoustic guitar in our house. It was one of those beasts with yeah. the action was so high yeah. off and there was like, barbed wire strings. Yeah, yeah. So I'd start learning songs. I think I um, learnt to play Wish You Were Here because it had an E minor in it and it was pretty easy. Yeah. No Fs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing too, not not too much of a stretch. On that guitar, like like crazy. Mm. Um, And yeah, I started writing songs really young, like 13, 14. Mm. I still pretty much remember the first whole song that I wrote did did any of those early songs turn up in your recorded work not really in any, in any sort of way no but they survived you, rem- you say I you remember, do remember the first one the yeah. first one I think I may have sung my future <laughs> bit of a prophecy I have this first the first uh, song I wrote was called Just the Beginning and mm. it was about how hard the music industry is <laughs> <laughs> It was crazy, right? And so, you know, yeah, in a way, you've been singing a version of that song (laughs) ever since. And and, and I guess certainly in the last decade, you've come back to revisit that theme, really, haven't you? So that was, that's, I still remember the song. It's actually quite good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of about, you know, I was absolutely obsessed with Neil Young when I was young. Mm. Um, I was really, my family was going through a bit of a bad patch and, um, I was really obsessed with Tonight's the Night, which probably isn't the sort of it's not record, a happy album record no. that young girls yeah should be yeah, listening to. I wonder how people find that record. You know, it's because my understanding of it was that it was, you know, such a colossal downer that you know it was a it was a downer at the time. Yeah. You know, and uh, but it is one of the kind of magical gems in this uh, catalogue. And any yeah. any any person who's more than a passing Neil Young fan. You know, that and on the yeah. beach are the ones, aren't yeah. they, that people Absolutely. bring up? Absolutely, I love yeah. those. And yeah. but, yes. um, yeah. no, no, no. um, but I guess for me, I was thinking about it the other day because I did a little um, review of the live version of it on... Oh, yeah, 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 the Roxy. Yeah. yeah. What and, do you um, think of that? Oh, I really enjoy it. It's pretty Just, good, yeah. It's a snapshot in time, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. on stage banter and some of the songs are so well played in Mm. comparison to the actual Mm. album Mm. but I was thinking about that album and why I was so attracted I guess it was my version of emo you know it was like I heard nothing like that and it was I think it was really monumental in in my life music kind of lesson because it wasn't perfect Mm. but it really expressed something to me I guess my version of that is 
uh, Lou Reed's Berlin album. Yes. You know, when I was a teenager, yeah. like a young teenager, yeah. one of the first Lou Reed things that I went to was Berlin. Yeah. And that's a depressing wow. album, you know. And, similar thing, and, right? And it is a similar thing. And I wonder if, like, for me, I think it's... Um, there's an appreciation of the the rawness of the writing. Yeah. You know, the fact yeah. that, that, like, this is someone... You know, picking open scabs. That you know, pure emotion. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, showing the wound, not yeah. trying to hide. You know, like, and yeah. And I think that you know that was big, big thing for me. I guess on the back of uh, discovering thing, you know, people like Bob Dylan that were yeah. saying a little bit more with a song. Exactly. And then you go to these, you know, even even I've been thinking because of, on such a Bob Dylan kick at the moment, I've been thinking about. You know those songs of his where he's really savage, you know, yeah, positively four street, yeah. idiot wind, and those yeah. sorts of you know wow, that, that ju- yeah, they're just and they're just so and some of the single lines, right down to the way he sings idiot, you know, yeah, it's so and that, good. there's that live version of it I think from the hard rain there's a few but I think the one from the hard rain album yeah. which I think is the version that's on masterpieces that is so that if that's the case that would be the first time yeah. I heard it yeah. and you know there's those single lines like um, you know you'll be lying on the side of the road blood on your saddle and yeah. <laughs> you know it's kind of like how much more can you <laughs> how much more can you take as a listener you know but it's, but there's something wonderful about it absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've always been I guess I've always been quite interested in your um, influences because to me they well two things they seem to align hugely with what I like yeah. <laughs> you know I, I really think that I mean we don't know each other particularly well but I really think we've got quite similar taste in a lot of music which is just interesting um, but also yeah you seem to have listened um, widely to you know you don't I've never seen you talk about the cliche things mm. the 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 obvious singer-songwriter that was a guiding influence or anything yeah. like that. There's a lot of band stuff. There's yeah. a lot of rock. Yeah. But then there's this country element. And then, as I say, you can you can actually then trace it all in the different types of music you've gone to create. Yeah. You can see all the different things, but you've never ended up sounding like a, a rip-off yeah. of any of these one things. But you can, you can see, you know, you can line it all up and it all makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting because I've always felt like you strive to have your own voice mm. and that you, it's like a coffee percolator. Mm. It's kind of like mm. everything you listen to kind of filters yep. out there somehow, but you have no idea. Maybe other people yeah. do. Yeah. But um, I've never been the sort of person, singer, writer or whatever that wants to sound like anybody else. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um... It always amazes me actually that people are happy to yeah. happy to fall into that. <laughs> and when they get asked who their influences are, they tend to name the person that they've heard yeah. sounds the most like you know like them. Yeah, it, it astounds me, and I'm not very good. And you know, maybe it's one of the reasons that I've not been super successful is that I'm not very good at actually describing what my music is and apparently you have to be able to do that <laughs> yeah yeah right uh, uh, if anybody says oh so what kind of music do you I just, I'm t- completely tongue tied yeah. I don't know what to say I write songs oh yeah yes I, <laughs> I need to go to music school or well, like rock school or something to get that one down well what's the next phase then for you from from you know I had some piano lessons and a guitar with a terrible action, yeah. but um, an ability to sing and to write songs. When do you? What do you do with that? When do you find a band well, or I, create or make a band? Yeah, well, when I was in high school, I didn't know many people at all. Not mm. especially not girls. 
that wanted to do what I wanted to do, which was has always been to play music and to write songs, foremost write songs. Um, and there were these guys that lived sort of on the corner, sort of from a little bit, maybe two streets away mm. from where I lived, and they had a band. You could, and my best friend's brother was the drummer. Mm. So they were dangerously older than me, and that not too old, but maybe four four years older than me. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I was sort of fifteen at that stage, and so we started going and hanging out at that house at at the flat. It was called. Mm. Everybody's probably got a flat in their childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, waiting for the moment that I might be able to get a chance to sing, mm. and I did. I think I sang. House of Rising Sun, House of the Rising Sun, first ever into a microphone. Mm. Um, and so I, that's my first kind of um, experience of singing with a band and the power of, of that, you know. Yeah, well, what was, your, what was your reaction to it? What did you take away from that? Um, I, I need to do this again? Or, yeah. Or, oh, God, I don't think I could ever do that again. Kind of how I feel now is I hate it, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I hate it, I love yeah, it. Yeah, so... <laughs> Somewhere between yeah. those two things. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was super shy. I was still, pre- yeah. still quite shy. And um, so I think I might have even turned around so nobody could see me, you know, that thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just so good, you know, mm. just that feeling. I can't, can't explain why I loved it so much mm. and why I still do. Just that I love playing with bands. I love playing with other musicians and working in with that, mm. you know. I guess... I guess we've got a couple of more steps before we talk about this in any more detail, but I, I, I've, I, you're just clarifying for me that it's funny that if your name's mentioned in New Zealand, a lot of people will go when the cat's away, yeah. and actually your everything else you've done before and after is so different to that, so removed, yeah. to the point of view that you, you're usually the one woman in the band. <laughs> yeah. You're known for being part of this, you know, this very flamboyant successful yeah. charismatic all-female group of which of which you were obviously a crucial part I think yeah. everyone that was in that was a crucial part yeah and as I said we'll, we'll get to that but it's quite a strange it must be quite a strange it's def, you know for that to be a defining factor yeah. of a career when actually everything else you've done is not you know because Margaret Ehrlich it makes heaps of sense for example yeah. she continues to perform yeah. in that way whether it's with yeah. that group or not and yeah. and, and so on yeah, it is, and I guess I mean, we can talk about now. We can backtrack mm. to my first band. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was t- a total little misfit, and um, I was aware of that, but I was just learning so much about because I was all... Okay, so my first band, Everything That Flies, yeah. got together, yeah. and I, I um, was the main songwriter in that band, and we... And who else is in that group? Um, Bruce Sheridan. Yeah. Who, you might know yeah. um, his brother Clive the, um, and a guy bass player called Dave Man- Manning and then an ori- originally a drummer called Warren Richardson mm. and then Wayne and he comes in doesn't replaced he? by Wayne Bell yeah um, we, so you've had quite the musical journey with we Wayne we have we've had an amazing yeah. musical journey yeah. Yeah. yeah a big gap when I was in the UK yeah yeah but then yeah know, recent years again yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we it's really interesting because that was the days before funding, using the money funding and stuff. We saved up and we went into down in downtime at Mandrill Studios and recorded an EP ourselves. Mm. 
Then we, it was the early days when Bruce was working with Kerry Brown and we shot our own video, financed our own video and there was people working on that that have gone on to become very, very well known, like yeah. Stuart Driver and yeah. John Mahaffey, people like that. Yeah. Nyla Dixon did the styling, all yeah. this stuff. Yeah, yeah. All these people wow. were, were working for us for yeah. nothing because it was you know, all at a really interesting time. We yeah. were all finding our way of what we were doing. Yeah. Um, so and we produced this video um, for a song called, one of my songs called Bleeding Hearts and um, we got onto Radio Pictures straight away and all of a sudden things really took off for that little band mm. Everything That Flies and we very soon we got some really high profile supports we toured with Ice House and mm. um, did some pretty cool things we could have an entire and this will come up again and again but we could have an entire separate conversation i imagine about the bands you've opened for yes obviously that's part of anyone yeah. that makes it to any level in new zealand yeah but you have opened for so many big yeah, day bands a across a bunch of different formats yes, we you have you but you personally have yeah. every project you've been involved in yeah has um has, has been on some incredible you know, bills. Yeah, we've been lucky. As well as being a headliner yourself, you yes. know, at various points too, but, I, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, what were you doing for, what, I mean, how were you making this work? What were you, were you what were you doing for a job around all this? Um, you, or were you, was music no, wouldn't have been was, supporting you? No, we, well, we were, the thing was, people talk about how great industry is now, but it was pretty yeah. solid back then. Yeah, right? yeah, you could actually we go and play lots lot. and people, yeah. And people do, came out. It was yeah. a, a very vibrant Vibrant, mm. vibrant scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, you did, people did six week tours of we New Zealand. Did. Yeah, played yeah. six nights a week. Yeah. We really did. Yeah. Um, I, I was doing a day job. My first job, I was, um, so it was kind of like I was a dispensary technician, so mm -hmm. I studied to do that, which was totally at odds with everything, but it was the typical small town thing. It was the only job that was available right. at that time. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and then, then I, when I came to move to Auckland, oh, actually, after that, I went to Australia and toured around Australia when I was super young, came back and lived in Auckland. Um, that's when I had everything that flies, and I was just doing a sort of like a custom services data entry mm -hmm. type job. And then um, we toured. You know, quite a lot with everything that flies. Did some pretty cool things. A couple of EPs, um, and then. So how does that end? What that band? What happened? Do you get poached? Do you? No, no. What happened was. Um, so, there's a few personal things that happened in that band that weren't yeah. weren't very pretty. Yeah. Um, but we basically, we were up for a music award, I think it was the same year um, that Debbie Harwood was up for an award and Margaret Dulich, we were all there at <laughs> this right. music uh, awards. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this is the seeds. Yeah, yeah. and we just um, all sort of met up, it was crazy music awards, um, and we all were talking about how, you know, you can get your own music on radio and blah, 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 how tough it was. And we all decided that we would just get together and do a bunch of songs that we loved, mm. have a hoot, sing some harmonies, mm. and put a band together and just do that, just as a part-time thing. Mm. Um, and, and that's what, when the cat's away, you know, how that was formed, mm. basically. Mm. Um, and as I say, I was pretty much a different, very different to yeah. the girls. But, yeah. you know, I was kind of used to that, and so, it, you know, it was... 
I was different had, in many ways. You had some sort of confidence, obviously, as a front person. You'd, but you know, well, yeah, what maybe. It, with, I don't, confidence might not even be the word, but you had an ability as a front person. You had been doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You were fronting a band. I guess I had yeah. this belief that I could yeah, do it. You exactly. know, and you know, isn't that the same as a lot of musicians? Isn't it? They they may be very shy and very kind of. Mm. I guess I just wasn't that showbiz, whereas some of the other girls were really good at that. You know. Mm. So that was great to be get, to be swept along in that feeling. You know? So I've talked to Debbie and I've talked to Sharon O'Neill, who obviously has a connection, yes. you know, later an yeah. association with uh, with Cats Away, and then obviously has her own fabulous career either side of that, Amazing. and and some probably many shared and similar experiences of yes. treatment and yeah. perception and all of that. So I have some understanding from those conversations of of what you guys were, I guess, arguing against, going up against, and how meteoric it was. But what's, yeah. your, what's your, you know, what's your reflection of it and understanding of it? My reflection of it, when I think back about it, we did, you know, it wasn't like a Svengali type thing where people mm. chose us and put us together. Yeah. We... It at, seems like an organic... We met up, yeah. we, we could all sing, we all sort we, of knew each other or admired yeah. a bit about each other. And it and, kind of... Worked in with my, you know, when I was a kid and putting on shows mm, and things yeah. like that. And, and that's what we did. We had dress-ups and yeah. we, um, stupid costume changes. For me, I remember it, the thing that I really loved about When the Cat's Away was the, the when it first started, it was gritty and it was humorous. It was very funny. Yeah, it was cabaret. It was hilarious. Yes, wasn't it? It became, you know, it was, when we first did it, it was a very, very funny show. Um, mm. And that's kind of, I, I loved that aspect of it. And... There was a lot of grit. Um, some of the songs that I chose probably, if I hadn't been in that group, then it would have been possibly a lot softer, a lot more towards the glitzy side of things. Right. But I was, you know, choosing songs by um, song bands like The Wastrels and yeah, R.E.M. Right. and yeah, yeah. stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Um, which I think that's all those sums of all those things to be doing, you know, Prince songs and mm. um, Michael Jackson songs in amongst... You know, hurry um, and mm. you know. I just think that was one of the cool things about it. Yeah, and even things like I know one of the one of the sort of highlights of the show, from what I understand, and from some of the footages, is taking a song like Dave Dobbin's song "Guilty" yeah. and giving it a what a setting. And a treatment that at that time he probably uh, couldn't. Yeah, you know, he yeah. it's it's since become one of the sort of magical reverent moments in a Dave yeah. Dobbin gig. But yeah. at the time, I don't think he had the interest yeah. or that you know he didn't acknowledge it for what it was. It yeah. was an amazing song, and he wrote it. But yeah. I think the Cats Away version is really what kind of sold it to a New Zealand public. In yeah. A way. Well, um, I I also remember um, being at the. I think it was at the See You Rounds, See You Round Splends yep. tour, and um, oh, I can't remember what it was, but I remember hearing because I did um, a version of I Walk Away, mm. the Elfin song. Um, I did that in When the Cats Wear, and I remember being at that gig and Neil Finn saying, um, "Diane Swan from Cats Away covers this song." I was just <laughs> blown away because yeah. I was kind of feeling like. He probably thinks it's not very cool, <laughs> you know. But yeah, he actually yeah. Yeah. said that. Yeah. And I was like, "Woo!" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. We 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 had some incredible experiences. Absolutely extraordinary. It becomes this huge monster, though, in all senses of the word, yeah. right? It yeah. becomes the show gets bigger. Yeah. Uh, the demand is and 
and then melting pot happens yeah and you know that's its own thing really it and was it, it got towards the end I was feeling weird at the end because you know I, my, my love was still songwriting mm. um, and while this was financing me to be able to actually have time yeah. to do that which was also swallowing your time <laughs> it was and also um, you know bands that I knew that were fantastic weren't getting you know we sold out excuse me Wellington Town Hall a few mm. <coughs> a few nights in a row mm. Mm. Um, and yeah when no one in New Zealand was yeah, doing nobody that nobody else yeah. was doing that yeah. and I felt really bad about that and I remember the moment that I thought I have to stop this was because I went on stage <laughs> everybody else did their really amazing entrance you know, yeah, yeah. very flamboyant and, yeah. and I went on stage went straight up and screamed in the microphone go home <laughs> <laughs> because that had become kind of like the extreme end of like we were probably all kind of amplified our personalities mm. to an extent and I sort of had the punk the punk yeah. man was coming out yeah. you know so you're the first out the door with I that was, band, yeah. And you've never been back. No. You've you've never you've resisted or been uninterested. You've you, you closed the chapter. No, well, no, I didn't. Um, I went to the UK and started a band called the Julie Dolphin. Yeah. With Brett. Yeah. Um, and that was just so damn exciting. Now Brett had been part of the touring band for. He was in Cats the very Away. initial stages of the Cats Away and then Gary Verburn took over yeah and Wayne had been part of the yeah. Cats Away thing just yeah. to keep that absolutely in just yeah. talking about that musical journey yes and so you've had these long musical journeys with Wayne and Brett yeah Brett was in the Mockers yeah and he went to the and as again the <laughs> yeah. at the moment isn't yeah. yeah yeah and they sounded great yeah they yeah. did they sounded yeah. so good yeah um okay so you guys go to the UK yeah and but hang on do you go to the UK because we're going to do that anyway, or you do that you, as a reaction to leaving Cats well, I'll tell you why I went to the UK, that's all coming back now, mm. is that I had been doing, concentrating on, with, um, while the Cats Away was sort of doing tours and things on my other t- time mm. off, I was writing songs and recording them. Yes, because you released a single. It as did. Di- as Diane yeah, Swan. And, I went to, and is that the only on thing the you've yeah, done under your So far. Name? Yeah, 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 so far. Um, and it was on the charts for six yeah. weeks and did yeah. pretty well. Yeah, and it's a good song. Yeah. And then I, at that time I was um, recording with a guy called Nick Mainsbridge who was actually um, Margaret Urich's husband at mm-hmm. that time and he was a good producer. And he really got the kind of thing that I wanted to do because he, you know, he was working with sort of a few sort of Australian indie bands and stuff. Um, we recorded some tracks together and... He took them to some record companies in Australia and got really, really good reaction. And then he went to Sony Australia, and they said, "They said, yeah, we really like this. It's really good." Mm. But because Diane's got a history in New Zealand, we'd like to do a similar thing to what we've done with Margaret, and that do a joint New Zealand Australia mm. um, relationship, and she could be signed to both companies, and that she would record something, release it in New Zealand first, because she's got the profile, and then grow it. So that was pretty cool, um, but Sony, Sony New Zealand said no. So I was just so angry mm. that it was just a. I've listened back to those songs; they really were good. They were really good, but I totally lost confidence after that. You know, mm. of my mm. solo thing. Mm. 
Um, and so I went to the UK not knowing what I was going to do. Met up with Brett, we started writing and this fabulously exciting journey started. Mm. Um, and in the meantime, I heard through the grapevine that, that Cats Away were going to be touring um, and they hadn't asked. But I know why they hadn't asked us because um, I had my first fabulous experience of trying to be ironic in a women's magazine and it backfiring on me mm. because I think one of the, I think maybe New Idea or something like that, um, they rang me, they wanted to talk about me, my experience in London, but really all they wanted to talk about was when the cat's away. Mm. And I was kind of a little bit miffed because... I was trying to convey how amazing this band that I was in yeah. was going yeah. and how this doesn't happen usually because yeah. quickly. And they didn't, weren't that interested in talking about it. Mm. And I said the stupidest thing that was taken out of context and it started a feud with the other girls and When the Cat's Away, which is a real shame. What was it? I said, I, try, I was trying to... First of all, give, give you context. Yeah. It was I'd just been at a long rehearsal. It was maybe one in the morning. I was tired because I'd been working. I had to mm. work day job mm. as well. Um, and I, was, I said, I was trying to describe the fact that really um, I was just a little bit of a misfit. I should have just said that. But I said, it was kind of like I fell in with the wrong crowd. And then I laughed because obviously they're not bad people and it yeah. wasn't the wrong crowd. Yeah. But it was kind of like I was trying to, she, I just was stumbling. And I just, yeah. she, basically that was, in the, that was in the big print. Yeah, I fell course. in with the wrong crowd. Of course. So you, suddenly you're better than them or, you're, or, or they dragged you down. Just or what, some All of those things. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was really written up in a very women's magazine way. Yeah. And I've never been that person that fits in that, you know, I've yeah, just, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I was kind of dealing with the fact that I had been uncomfortable in that general entertainment showbiz area. Yeah. But really not knowing how to, you know, I'm still quite young, I still yeah. didn't actually know how to sort that out. Yeah. So I was clumsy and I was misquoted right. and therefore next minute there, you know, I hear that Cats Away are touring without me and my parents were upset because they were using... For the ads, they were using pictures of me and footage of me and saying, giving the cats away. So it started a little bit of a feud. Mm. Um, they didn't actually, I think they may have asked, but at that stage I was recording, I couldn't come back. So things were out of whack. That's yeah. the truth of it. Yeah. You know? How um, much better or, or whatever have they got since then? Do you have any much to do with any of them? Um, yeah, I've I've recently bumped into Debbie. It was really good. Um, I'm in contact with Kim. Um, I saw them perform at some kind of corporate event a little while ago, and it was kind of weird. How, yeah, I was standing how was that? Side stage. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of weird. Yeah. 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 But um, no, it was a, it's a silly thing, and. Um, you know, bands. Yeah, yeah. That's all I can say. Yes, yeah. yeah. So the Julie Dolphin forms in England. Yeah. And it's you and Brett, and you guys aren't together. No. At that point, you're no. friends. You've worked yeah. together. You yeah. know each other, and then 
I guess what during the that band you guys become a couple um, not for after. quite a long time yeah yeah, yeah. but at some point yeah. when you're overseas or yep. yep um so what happened was brett had played on the last on a few demos i did before i um or maybe everything that flies songs and he got exactly the kind of mix of that i wanted to get sort of like powerfulness edginess but not over over mm. blow and rock kind of thing mm. and he really got it straight away so when we started writing um, in the UK it just went really well um, we had a combination of my songs songs that we'd written together his songs and we felt like that combination was a good mm. way of creating a kind of a very very like wide I, I wonder of, yeah. if he was yeah if he'd always been like a good musical foil yeah yes yeah and yeah. this might sound like a strange question but was he always so fucking good like yeah no yeah obviously He's, people that put in the time that he, he has get better and better yeah. I, I feel like he's he's getting better every yeah. time I see him play kind he's, of thing he's, so he's always been really good yeah um I mean, one day I'll talk to him. You know, yeah. I'd like to talk to him. I mean, I've, you know, I've talked to him a couple of times yeah. and I would like to, to hear his version of his story, but obviously you would know it better than anyone well, else apart from him. I've, um, I joke with people and say, since I've been with Brett, I've become a very good cook and he's become a very good guitar player. <laughs> 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 so, so, yeah, um, he just, he's so, so dedicated. He practices, yeah. he plays, he plays, he's... I was talking about this with someone recently and we were saying about his playing he seems to me to be the perfect combination of talent or technique and taste yeah because there are a lot you know and yeah. guitarists are possibly the worst at this there are a lot that can yeah. play rings around anyone but it doesn't mean anything no. so he has all of the taste in his listening and his approach and yeah. and his sitting back knowing when not to play but yeah. then when he wants to yeah i can shred you yeah. know of course he, he can, can. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah so um and yet he doesn't have, you know, and he can do the swaggery kind of thing a yeah. guitarist does, but he also does it in an understated yeah. well, way. And and especially when, you know, with the Julia Dolphin stuff, it's, mm. um, that was a great time because it was, you know, we went from sort of, I suppose, being quite shoegazy, quite yeah. atmospheric to pretty full-on yeah. indie rock, very full-on indie rock, you know. Yeah. Um, and that stuff that Brett was doing... For example, when I mean the whole band, I think it was a great band. Jeff mm. Hayden, mm. who was the Mockers oh. bass player, yeah. he was our bass player. So um, oh, we were a really pretty uh, good band. Yeah, and some good things happen yes. for this good band. Let's yes. let's talk about um, the, I guess the success of this band, which is what it was. Yeah. and it was was that quite? Uh, I guess the word is meteoric. Was that quite? Yeah. Um, Unexpected and, and suddenly huge? Well, you know, it's that whole thing of I look back and think we were very much babes in the wood. We didn't know how tough it was, so therefore mm. it was not in our minds. You know, like, I wasn't... You know, I knew that I wanted to do really well, mm. but I was so into what we were creating that it was kind of like we did have, We just got noticed very quickly. And 
And until people have been in that UK scene, it's hard to convey how amazing that is because it's huge. There's mm. so many bands, you know. Yeah, so I've only heard a few songs. I've never okay. heard, like, the full yeah. album that I can recall. But, um, you know, what I know of those songs is that they kind of um, obviously sound of that era, yeah. but but I think they still stand up within that. I think they're yeah. com- comparable to the things that were going on, like Belly yeah. and Juliana Hatfield, yeah. and as yeah. you say, some of the more shoegazery stuff yeah. at, at, at some point too. Yeah, well, we've... Not quite grunge, but part, all part of yeah. that wider... We were quite grungy thing. in some yeah. ways, but yeah. then we did have a really spiky kind of mm. very, very um, pop mm. thing to us, you know. Yeah. Um, again, that's kind of like the combination of the songs that I was writing... And yep. then, you know, the combination of the fact that we both loved the Pixies and we, you know, mm. um, that's very obvious that we both loved the Pixies. Mm. But we even, I mean, we loved bands like Alice in Chains and things, you know, we were a very, we, things were going brilliantly well for us. Um, we were touring a lot. We were supporting bands like Oasis and we supported Radiohead quite a few times through the mm. UK. Mm. And then... The whole Britpop thing came along. There's no way we could fit because yeah. we weren't British. Yeah, it's as yeah. simple as that. Was, yeah, yeah. And it was interesting to see a media-created um, yeah scene. Yeah, it was interesting to see it move in. Really, yeah. really interesting. And move you out, basically. Yeah. Well, we did. We were still playing. We were doing yeah. really well, but we were but forced move you into out of yes, contention. exactly. And, and while it was Britpop, there was yeah. So you've got a, a, some some really potted highlights that I know you would have talked about many times, yeah. but for anyone listening that hasn't heard them or hasn't heard you directly tell them, um, you're not only open for Radiohead, you sing with Tom York, you're yes. on the Radiohead yes. uh, B-side, and they have the sorts of fans yes. that um, hunt out yeah. every single B-side. Well, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so I got, before I met them, I got asked onto those the Ben sessions, um, Basically, they had. Um, we were playing in Oxford, supporting a band called Magna Pop, and uh, we were playing. And this guy came up to us afterwards um, and asked if we'd be interested in supporting his band. It was actually Ed mm. from mm. Radio Ed. <laughs> um, and then we played again, and then they he brought the whole band down and got the gig. But before that, uh, we actually went on tour with them. They asked if I'd come and do some singing. Mm. with them mm. in that session so I'm I was and on that very tense time mm. it was it was very tense um, because they weren't getting on with the producer and, right um, the song that I I sang on a couple of things um, and the song that I Sort of almost duetted with Tom is a song called "How Can You Be Sure," mm. and it's the on the B side to one of the fake plastic yeah, trees. So yeah. one of the big I couldn't remember exactly which one it was. Also on one the, of the big singles. The band really loved it, but I yeah. think Tom's it sure. Um, it got on the Japanese version of, yeah. of the album, and yeah. also um, uh, it was on in a film called Nowhere. It's been in quite a few mm. different things. Um, that's right, I remember the soundtrack to yes. that film, actually. I remember. Yeah, it's on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they're the sort of band, though, that they still dig out these B-sides now and play yeah. them. You know, they have 
it's what I say, they have that yeah. fan base that goes to multiple shows yeah. for the one night that they play a Ben's era B-side, yeah. for example. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, um, well, yeah, that was a, it was great. You um, play keyboards on yes. stage with Radiohead yes. the very first time they play the song Street, Street Spirit, Spirit, which would be one of their most popular live songs yeah. and one of their most popular songs. Yeah, that was at the Astoria. Yeah. Um, just sound check. They just, um, I think it was Johnny. Just said, oh, "We need a keyboardist. Keyboard. <laughs> Do you want to come play?" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was yeah. And um, you have this situation, which I I sort of think of as this is about as peak '90s as you get. You can remember the night you heard about Kurt Cobain dying because yeah. you had just opened for Oasis, and yeah. I feel like the only thing that would make that. <laughs> Any more peak 90s would be if Fat Boy Slim somehow remixed it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and it, that was hilarious because we, I said it before, and it's just one of those things that, you know, you're sort of waiting backstage because you're going to do your sound check with. Um, we, we were doing, you know, we were playing next up before Oasis, so mm. we were a fairly mm. good profile then. And um, we'd been listening to uh, Nolan and Liam bickering the whole day. I was day. just going to ask what <laughs> what experience did you true. have of the <laughs> yes of the brothers feuding? Yep, they do. Yeah, all day long. Bicker, yeah, bicker. I remember going and seeing them in Wellington, and what felt like a manufactured kind of walk off. A friend of mine who was involved with the green room backstage after said, "Oh well, that manufactured walk off resulted in about seven thousand dollars worth of damage, oh, no. where they just trashed everything no. that had been hired." So it was kind of real on some level, yeah. you know, yeah. 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 Well, when we got off stage playing our get our set, the whole audience, it was some, obviously something was going on, people were just talking, like, about something. And um, Liam came and told me that Kurt Cobain had, was dead, and I thought he was just... I thought he was just being an ass. Yeah. I thought he thought, these guys obviously like Nirvana, <laughs> these New Zealanders, wow. you know, th- and, um, no, it was all real. Yeah, wow. so that's <laughs> kind of memorable on so many. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and you get what you get a you get a song or two on some kind of high rotation radio stuff like things. Yeah, you know, as pre the whole Britpop explosion, things are like the band's just going up and up. Yeah, and we didn't know half of it because we yeah. had a very small label. Yeah, um, and we were. <sighs> You know, there's probably many dodgy things going on. I wish we had good management. That's all I can say. Big regret is that we didn't have management, good management. Um, we were released by a um, the sort of a Japanese version of sub pop. Um, we were released in France. Um, we once when we were supporting um, Green Day um, for an MTV special. They came. We were playing. They came down the front when we played our song "Birthday," mm. and they were moshing. Green Day were moshing yeah. to us. Yeah. And when we finished, they went, "Nobody knows who you guys are. This is on college radio, <laughs> yeah. all over college radio." That yeah. song. Wow. We had no idea. Wow. And of course, we didn't have the means or. Yeah. Like now, you just go there and tour, but. Yeah. You know, it's we just didn't have that stuff. You know, that support. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what what happens? The band, basically, that band implodes at least in name right and re-emerges yeah. only in name what happened yeah. was our label um were trying to rip us off royally they 
were trying to get our publishing as well. That was just really bad. Right. So we went into litigation, mm-hmm. which is really sad, and it's, it stopped us for stopped the momentum. Mm. Um, again, management, you know. We were we were advised by a lawyer and all that kind of thing, but it still happened. Mm. Um, and then so we stupidly ch- changed our name, yeah. kind of because it kind of tainted things a little. Because it doesn't work that. Like, it just doesn't. Pacifier she we had example no, is another example, doesn't. isn't it? Of... It doesn't. But we didn't think that we could use our name. Mm. And it... Um, so you become Boom Boom Man Singh, yeah. which is... Uh, Shows more excellent musical taste. Yes, <laughs> a, yes, the Warren Zevon song. Yeah, yeah, direct reference to Warren. <laughs> cool story there too. Um, we so you know a couple of years had gone by, and so we were we got we signed to Elmo Sounds, who and that's Jerry Moss and Herb Alpert, who mm. had A and M Records. They was their boutique label, and we were label mates with um, Imogen Heap, um, Glenn Welch, Dave Rawling, and a band called Ozamartley. So it's fairly mm, mm, exclusive, eclectic, yeah, yeah. so cool. Um, and, you know, if you could have thought that a girl from Carmo, New Zealand, mm. was sitting there talking to Jerry Moss about the section you've written of this song and why the demo sounds different from the recorded version, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so that was, that was good, but we were also being squeezed into being more, you know, by that time music had moved on into sort of like this pop you know, mm-hmm. any kind of spiky band was sort of, you know, being kind of the edges were being softened and mm. we didn't react too well. We've got an album, we recorded it with Steve Power, who was a friend. He used, he he produced a whole lot of stuff um, before, you know, before he worked with us, early Blur stuff and some really cool stuff. And he was recording with us and in the middle of that, he got asked to do Robbie Williams' album from mm. EMI and when EMI Speaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he left our project and so we were treating water for months and by the time we got to finish it, we had got outside of our, our publishing, yeah, all, yeah. you know, legal things and so we were in trouble again. Mm. Um, then what happened was Jerry and Herb decided that they could see the music biz was going to be, you know, this was early 2000s, was not looking too yeah, good. Yeah, So they just, they didn't go broke, they just decided. Pulled the label. Yeah, so we, the record never came out. Yeah. Um, and where, where is it and what is got it? it? You've got it. Thinking That's, what to do with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's some really good songs, mm. but it's very... What's the well what's the legal around it all? Like it's you, ours, you yeah. Can, so you can put it out. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Just trying to decide what to do how with to, it. Really. How to how to do that? Because yeah. I I really do want to do um you know put all the Julie stuff Julie Dolphin mm. stuff up on Spotify and do yeah, all that yeah. and also decide what to do with the Boo Boo Mancini stuff. Yeah. Um, because it's incredibly well produced and mastered. It's almost too well produced. Yeah, and mastered, right. You know, it just sounds incredible. Mm. But the songs are good. I think it's also just part of your story. It is, you know, it's yeah. Part of but who you are. it's kind of sad, you know. If if now, if it was now, we'd be feeding all this back on social media. People in New yeah. Zealand would know all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I know. I was thinking, like the 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 story of you going to the UK and playing on a Radiohead song, you know, perf- opening for them, performing for them. That's the stuff of legend that sets a band up yeah. nowadays. If yeah. if something like that were to happen, yeah. in fact. 
doesn't even need to be that big. Yeah. It, it can be a few words, an overseas press next thing, yeah. a band moves there, yeah. does a tour. You know, they have to be good or whatever, yeah. or, or be, be, be good in the moment. They have to yeah. be doing something people want. Yeah. Um, like Lord, you know, giving yeah. pe- people what they want and, and, and capitalising on that early stuff, whatever. But, yeah, you sort of did it before there was any yes. <laughs> understanding yeah. of it, any real recognition of it until yeah. afterwards. And we weren't, we weren't, as I say, we needed good management. We weren't, mm. we were just very forward-looking. We weren't thinking about, oh, I should be feeding this back to New Zealand because mm. one day we'll need it. Mm. We just weren't thinking about that. You know? Well, you've got a day job and you're, yeah, just you're, not, you're not in your home and you're, yeah. you're just experiencing as, it ha- as it's happening. You know, yeah. It's not your job to, you know, the social media thing has for all of its... Uh, hassles it's made people have to become savvy about yeah. running that stuff themselves yeah. usually too absolutely they, you know if they can't afford a team yeah. to do it and let's face it most can't yeah um you know but you you, you know you just wouldn't know before that no. to even no and um you know that so when when um uh Elmo's sounds closed mm. that was for me it was a really bad thing because dark moment because it wasn't just the 10 years you know Mm. it was just the fact 10 years of moving to the UK not having anything to do with your family missing all those moments yeah working really hard for a very long time very removed from the New Zealand music scene yeah Uh, yeah uh, you know suddenly and I guess I guess the Cats Away touring with Sharon O'Neill and doing the live album that in a weird way all of that erases your yes. your your mem you know, yeah. you and New Zealanders' memory. Yeah. You being away and yeah. then them you know, they're not doing that to hurt you. No. And, and whatever, but if that's how a lot of people knew you, yeah, you know, you're just completely removed. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> it's quite good actually it's quite good background yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's my sad story yeah yeah well well what's the what what is the we'll, we'll work to the redemption in that sad story because there is some uh plenty i would think but but also what what, what that obviously makes you come back that fi- that's the final name not for a couple of years right so yeah what, how do you end up back here and why well um when do you call? You know, what, what's the reason that you call time eventually? It's I, obviously all trending down from there. Yeah, I think we we came home for a holiday, and um, it was just this moment we were. So that time, by that time, Brett and I were um, a couple. Mm. Um, we came back for a holiday. It was summer. The music scene seemed fairly vibrant. Mm. Um, we went to Bethel's Beach, which is very close to where we live now. And it was one of those Bethel's days where it's like, you know, black sand and there's a sea foam blowing across the, the mm, sand. Mm. And it's like another world, another yeah, planet. We're, we're living in Peckham. Yeah. And we both looked at each other and went, wow, imagine living here. And we go, oh, we can. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. it just felt like time for some life. Yeah. 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 So you come back. And how do you regroup musically? Do you do that straight away? I mean, obviously, you guys have now got two deep connections. You're a couple. Yeah. And you've got this musical journey. Yeah. Uh, so do you continue to just pull songs together, not knowing what it's going to turn into? Or do you have a break yeah, from music well, entirely? Yeah, well, we intended to have a break. Yeah. Probably forever. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. 
Um, it was kind of weird coming back because that whole atmosphere with the cats away was very present for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, there's a song on um, the first album called Off the Rails. Mm. I kind of wrote it about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was very odd. And so we were living out, definitely living out in Mirawai. I felt, you know, I was happy out there. Sort mm. of. Um, but I just kept writing songs and I felt like I was writing better songs than I'd ever written. And mm. Then we just did very down-home, lo-fi versions of them and recorded them ourselves, most of them, um, and then ended up releasing another record. You create, create this, um, I guess, entity, the, ba- uh, the Bads. Yeah. And you, I guess... Do you know what you're trying to do with that with that first album? Or no. is it, re- it seems to me, because I really like that first album. Yeah. I loved it when I first heard it. Yeah. I revisited it. I, I still play it, but I revisited it just recently, knowing I was talking to you. And yeah. I'm like, man, that really stands up. There's a very good collection of songs, well recorded. Yeah. But within all of that, it does feel like a nice, elaborate home for some yeah. demo sketches. Yeah. You know, it's like it's we just needed to, it it's a dumping ground. We're just, yeah. just going to title this and yeah. send it out. Yeah. A little, a little note in a bottle. Yeah, you know, it's definitely that, and it was, you know, just a very, you know, interesting. You, you kind of, when you first move back from the UK, you're kind of drinking in your surroundings. Mm, and it's, mm. it's impossible for it not to affect you and to influence you. Yeah, like yeah. that. That's what I think about that time was how yeah. much the environment was um, influencing the songs yeah. that I was writing anyway. Yeah. yeah. Then the bads becomes a band. Yeah. Why? How? By virtue of people being interested in the yeah. records, basically. Yeah. 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 And, and you seeing a, a future to it, like we can do another one. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, um, meantime, Brett's getting a lot of work as a, yeah, a session, session player, player. basically. Yeah. Um, I was getting quite a lot. I was working a lot with Dave McCartney. Yeah. I loved that yeah. very much. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of as much as anything me probably pushing it a little bit like I just want to do something and mm. I found it hard to see everybody else doing things and and I've always I guess it, it's, I've always been driven and it's hard not to be that way I look at the bads and I think uh, yeah, it's quite a special little musical entity like at the heart of it it's just yeah. you and Brett yeah. and the name reflects that yeah and it's just you guys, but it can be all sorts of things within that. Yeah. It can be a band or a duo. Yeah. Uh, it can be a smaller version of the band. I imagine you've done yeah. a few different yeah, configurations. Have. Yeah. But then you've also basically been a backing band for people. Yes. And you have that flexibility that, yeah. and that uh, I guess that comes down to work ethic, need, yeah. um, taste, you know, yeah. wanting to. So you do things like you guys play shows with Tim Finn. Yes, we were his band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how? Yeah. What a full circle situation! You're it was covering lovely. you're covering split ends again, yeah. but directly with the source. Yeah. <laughs> it was lovely. We opened Womad as, yeah. as Timfin and the Bads, and it was yeah. really lovely. Yeah. And then we um, invited. It was a great story, actually. Dave Khan was um, at a festival with Marlon over in Australia, mm. and saw Don Walker's set. I was going to say, yeah. how did you get the connection with Don yeah. Walker? Because that was an amazing album he did, and then he came over and did a show with you. Yes. And, well. Yeah. It was funny because Dave saw him play and wasn't, you know, Dave's younger than us and he wasn't aware of Don's kind of... Backstory. No, he was. not at all. One Australian songwriting royalty. <laughs> and he just struck up, he's a friendly guy, and he yeah. just started talking to Don. Oh, you're quite good. Yeah, and saying, that's great. Man, good set, you mate. should come play New Zealand, I've got a band we could play with you. Yeah, right. And Don being Don goes, 
Okay. All right. <laughs> and next minute, I'm you know I'm driving Don Walker around in my own in my own Corolla station wagon. You know. Uh, he's. You set me up with an interview with yes. him. Yes. And I yeah. really enjoyed talking to him. It was very intense in a really interesting way. Yes. Was that your impression? You yeah. Know? Like yes. kind of almost down to earth at times and yeah. chilled, but then just yeah. suddenly, whoa. Where, yeah. And I read his book, yeah. which reads like that. You know, it was reads like him. A wonderful person. Um, yeah. A huge intellect. Yeah, we put on that show and I did the press for it and mm. stuff like that. So it was a very, you know... It was a full-on thing, yeah. and then we learnt all the songs, and then yeah, um, yeah, he's a great person. He's um, really interesting storyteller. Mm. Some of those drives that I had when, because um, I, for, for some reason, it ended up me driving him everywhere. Right, we had the best conversations. Yeah, he has this interesting starting point in his storytelling. He kind of, I remember him talking to Kim Hill on RNZ, talking mm. about how they how cultures all came up with the name. Most hilarious story. He goes, mm. she sort of says, oh, "Don't how do you come up with that name? Mm. Gorgeous." He goes, uh, "So have you got a um, Bunnings?" And he's, <laughs> "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. And he manages to tell the story of, of, you know, you get the band and you need the name and you've got a poster and yeah. you know, and he ends up. It's just he's a fantastic guy. Well, actually, guy. you know, his song he writes his songs like that. Yeah. He kind of starts in the middle, he like does. lyrically. You, yeah. you were just suddenly deep in a, you know, he's a, such a storyteller yeah. songwriter. Yeah. And I've, you know, the best cultures or stuff is, you know, uh-huh. it, it has this perception. I think that it's, you know, I guess Bogan radio stations yes. have ruined it. Yeah. But the best cultures or stuff Man, is amazing. Songs. They're great songs, and he's behind yeah. many of the very best ones. Absolutely. And then. All of his solo albums are very strong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great yeah. writer. Yeah. And then the the text on and Charlie stuff is great. Yeah. yeah really great. Yeah. You know? Just a fantastic artist. Yeah. 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 So that's a real thrill to yeah. to be doing those sorts of things. Yes. Yeah. And and four albums under yep. your own under your own banner. Yeah. And lots of shows. And yep. then yeah, and then you do things like I guess um, yeah, session y type yes. stuff and yeah. and uh, and you also have the theme song to a, to a popular TV yes. show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did all the music for quite a few of those um, series for yeah. Hunger for the Wild and Coasters yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we did all that yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, to me, that, that's what I say, that feels like artistic redemption. It, yeah. might, it not, might not be uh, riches and rewards yes. on. on any particular level but yeah. I would feel that it's artistically nourishing Yeah. and you can hold your head up you know there's a credibility around yeah. it you're yeah. actually doing stuff on your on your watch for you guys and it's you know very, largely very good yeah you know? it's interesting to see it from other people's perspective isn't it because I don't in my mind it's good to know those things because I don't you know I don't give myself that much credit I don't yeah. think or well, self doubt is <laughs> yeah a perpetuating factor for artistry, right? Isn't it just? You also do, you, you know, you sort of hinted at doing, like, you've done a bit of publicity for those things. Yeah. And now you're doing, like, reviews on RNZ. You talk yeah. about music, yeah. you get on there. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing that I do yes. occasionally in the I same sort of spot. I think it's once a yeah. month or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Jesse's show, yeah. which I enjoy. Yeah. As much as anything, it's good because it keeps me listening. Listening to new stuff. Yes. and yeah. Yeah. And yeah. thinking about what I, you know, I, I'm sure you're the same, but I don't want to review anything that I... Don't want to review. I mean, I would rather yeah. 
travel back and visit something else. Yeah, I'm mostly finding new things yeah. still, but yeah. yes, I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I've only just recently realised actually that you know the world doesn't need to hear my thoughts on Kanye West's new album, and also I don't. I don't need to have any. You know, yeah. I don't actually need yeah. to have any. That's like, how I feel too. And, and it took me a while because I was so in the grind of yes. being given things and just writing yeah. about them and also having to churn something yes. out every day. So suddenly I'm writing about, you know, pop acts that yeah. I actually don't, you know, I don't, I don't wish them any harm, yeah. but they're not for me. Yeah. And I don't need to be, you know, I, I don't need to have any thoughts about I'm Beyonce's exactly new same. album. Yeah. It, it's bigger That's than, it's I think. I think bigger I than me. I probably should cover this. No, no, no it's, big, <laughs> it's bigger than all of us. And even yeah. if it's crap, that's, yeah. you know, who cares? Like, yeah. you don't need to be the one. I'll still, I'll still happily talk about things being disappointing. Yeah. But also with a once a month type spot, you want to highlight. Yeah. You want to, yeah, I want to actually say, this is worth listening to. Yeah. I like this. It yeah. might not be for everyone, yeah. but here's what I took from this. That's been my approach. It's to how that. I feel too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the, there's enough music reviewers to cover those those other well you know yeah 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 yeah, high yeah. profile things yeah exactly yeah so you're doing that and uh, and so I mean where are you at in terms of a a fifth bad's album or um, or is it not yet no, you're thinking about yet. these other things from the past how you might no, pop those out well no I'm actually thinking about doing a solo album right yeah yeah. Well, I'm working towards it now. I mean, I've got a lot of time at the moment because Brett's away and I can't do bad shows and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I totally respect his yeah. his his drive to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've decided that I'm so probably, does, possibly, <laughs> hopefully, maybe going to do an album. Hang on, no, but Brett will end up on it. Or no, I don't you know. think you don't know yet? I don't know yet. You might not even tell him. Uh, no, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that he won't. Yeah. But if he's, you know, if he's, I'm not going to wait till he's not around. Mm. He can come and put some things on yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just have to do it because it's, yeah. it's otherwise, you know, it's, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Do you want to talk about um, your involvement with Lord? Oh, okay. Because yeah. that's interesting. Because have you talked yeah. about that much? No, I didn't. I did. I was kind of misquoted again. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think we've talked a little bit about yeah. that, so I don't know how public you've expected. Do you want to talk about that? Because it's sure. a pretty interesting story, I think. Yeah, well, I was contacted by um, Vicky Blood um, on behalf of Lord's Record Company to say that... Well, I had seen Ella perform. We did a show in Devonport with the Vic Theatre in Devonport, and Ella was on that same show, and I thought, well, she's she's headed places. She's pretty special. And yep. so what, she's a teenager? Uh, yeah, she's early teenager, 14, right? 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, the, and I kind of I remember telling um, a few industry people about mm, her, mm. and um, next minute there's a real buzz about her. Mm. But, um, I was asked by the record company to basically they said to me that Ella was having trouble writing. She'd been put with lots of different writers around New Zealand and just hadn't, still hadn't yeah. just had not worked. And the brief to me was to not worry about writing smash hits, just to get just to spend time with her, talk about first of all it was to meet her. Mm. And it was great. When I met her I really liked her. She was like she was the one in deciding whether she liked me mm. and if she would work with me or not yeah. which was awesome Yeah, I thought yeah I like I like this girl Yeah. Um, she said yeah I think we could work together and she's 14 yeah. um, and so we started meeting up um, in a rehearsal room and 
just talking about songs and she'd had she's really good at, at writing prose she had the this just these incredible words that didn't make any sense really but just beautiful imagery mm, mm. Um, and so we started trying to kind of just fashion those into songs and just to talk about song structure and um, so we actually wrote a couple of songs that I still have mp3s of um, but we just recorded them really basically on GarageBand mm. really basic demos um, quickly realised that her voice goes better with keyboard rather than guitar um, so the songs were okay we were just getting somewhere I felt and I really had it in my mind that I was not to be pushing her into this yeah. pop song scenario or smash hit scenario and I was thinking okay this time let's do it and then she contacted me to say that she was going to do some stuff with Joel yeah. which is highly frustrating because I felt like ah, you dumb ass why did you <laughs> listen to them why didn't you just go straight in there and go? because yeah. I had, had in the back of my mind oh, I should be doing this in the studio mm. I should be doing this really well recorded you know mm, mm. but you know so what um, has been your I guess connection to her or reaction to seeing what's happened with her uh, I'm not surprised yeah and I'm just, you know, I think I, I was just really, really impressed by her intelligence and her her instinct, mm. you know. Um, her voice was great, but it was more than that. It was just um, her eye, and she had a really, you know, very, very poetic way of looking at things, mm. and it was just a matter of reining that in and channeling it into the right... Yeah. Yeah. And, what, and and so how were you... Do you want to talk about how you were misquoted? Oh, yeah, it was what just an article. Um, Duncan Greaves was writing an article. Duncan Greaves. Greaves, yeah, for Grieve. Metro. Metro. He did the big, giant yes. story that kind of encapsulated her, um, her early yep. triumph. He did. And he heard had heard from somebody that I'd worked with her and that I hadn't been paid. Right. So that was solely what he wanted to talk to me about, right. I think. And um, I said, okay, well, I've had bad experience about being misquoted. Right. I'll talk that to you. you talked about earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that ruined my life. <laughs> right. Um, as long as you don't misquote me, as long as you're good to me, I will talk to you. Yeah. Um, and I was so weary because he, I knew that he wanted me to say, yeah, I did this and I wasn't paid. Um, but what I did say, he kept saying, so did you get paid? Did did the record company pay you for your time? And mm. I said, no, but that was my fault. If I had wanted to have been paid, I should have asked up front. Yeah, yeah. And he, <laughs> somehow it managed yeah, it to be. got reduced to yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must have reached his word count, yeah, you think. Yeah, and I did talk to him about it afterwards. I said, hey, you did it. And he went, oh, I just thought it was better for the story. Yeah, right, for whose oh, story? Man. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, what do you think about that? How did that, did that hurt for a while? Oh, yeah, and I contacted um, Adam Holt and said, look, this is, you know, I didn't say that. Right. And he, he's kind of said, I know what you, I know that you know how a speculative songwriting um, session goes, works, but yeah. it wasn't that. That's yeah. the thing. It wasn't, actually, it wasn't speculative. It was always just a kind of mentor and... yeah. That's how yeah. I saw it. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I felt as though perhaps they could have paid me for yeah. my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
you know... You're not going to carry it to the grave, but no. it doesn't help that it's been... So high profile, you know. Contextualised in a way that's... It made me look bitter and twisted. Yeah, and yeah, I wasn't, yeah. I was just more of the same, you know. Yeah, yeah, It's like yeah. I've been through more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... so so solo album, you think? Yeah, I, think I like so. the sound of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. already I think that's cool. Yeah. And will you? Do you think you'll have the uh, bravery to to rearrange that very first song and put that on there, or that very very first song you no, remember writing, or, I don't think I or will. you just think you'll have better <laughs> material? You I'm don't hoping, need to. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm just thinking because I I talked to Suzanne Vega recently, and she had. She her very first song she wrote, I think she's about eleven, and yeah. she did end up actually recording oh, yeah. a version well, of that. And I think, and you know, she did it in a way yeah. that she did a series of albums, and one of them was all the songs in her career that were about family and friends. And her first song was about her brother. Yeah. So she was able to record a version of it and put it on there. And I, I thought, I thought that actually takes some bravery to yeah. do that because the song is naive compared yeah. to her other stuff, obviously. Yeah. But then it's still you can see an amazing That's really nice. part of the journey. You can yeah. go, wow, this is a nine or eleven year old or whatever she yeah. is, and you can actually it makes sense. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. I think I was <laughs> think about it. It'd be kind of odd, but mm, yeah. Mm. Um, well, you know, I think the great thing about this is I really don't think I've misquoted you. Hope. You know, it's impossible. <laughs> have you misquoted yourself? Oh, hopefully I haven't misquoted myself. Maybe I have. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, we've had a good chat. Is there yes. anything else you want to put across? No, I'm glad we finally did it yes. because we were going to do this about a year ago when I met you and yeah. uh, things got out of whack as they sometimes do. I'm always grateful when people find the time to come and chat to me. So Thank you thanks. for doing it. I'm sorry if I've blithered on, but there's no, it's been great. a long history. So Seems so sad